Okay, yeah, go ahead and record. I like a little soft intro. Hi! Almost Modern Live, a podcast so butch, so mask. Almost Modern Live, a podcast. Are we surprised? No, but do we expect it? Yes. Recorded in front of a live studio audience. What? Like, maybe not. No. <laughs> was that as good for you as it was for me? Yeah, no. Three, two, one, let's go. Uh, level up. Uh, 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 level up, level up, level up, level up. You know what's funny is we're thinking that that's going to be the theme for our big conference that we do. Oh, the conference? Yeah, level up. Like that's the the theme is level up? Like, yeah. mm. Well, because we're we're introducing a lot of like really advanced technology. So it's kind of like the idea of like video game level going to the next level and like literally all- Did you have something to do with this? No. I mean, oh. I help brainstorm, like I throw things out, but I'm actually not the one that came up with this one. Okay. Um, You've just been very into video games recently, so. I have been, uh, conveniently. I mean, that's what got me thinking. I was like, we need to talk about the digital side of what we're doing anyway. But every time we talk about it, me and Rachel. Level up, level up, level up, level up, level up, level up. Level up. Like, we play that like 300 times. Like every oh, for sure. is gonna be that chorus over and over again. Speaking of leveling up, how have you leveled up your week? Well, uh, bought a game that you recommended. Isn't it? Immortals Phoenix Rising. It's so fun. I mean, it is very Breath of the Wild, but like way worse visuals. (laughs) I mean, not way worse. Like the visuals leave something to be desired. I I will be honest. I wish it was the visuals of Breath of the Wild with the game of Phoenix Rising. Yeah, I mean, even the, I wouldn't say it's better gameplay. It is um, better, it's more fun dialogue and storytelling. Like mm-hmm. it's it's very lighthearted and funny. So I wish they had a little bit better visuals. Yeah. And the default control scheme sucks ass. But you changed it? it? Ass. But you can customize it and I did. Oh. I mean, so I don't mind it, it at this point. Less. I'm so used to it, but it's a great game. It's great, especially if you're waiting for Breath of the Wild 2 to come out because that's going to take forever. So at for least sure. with and this for one, the next like day or two, you can get for like 50% off on the Nintendo eShop. So. Yeah. And they have other downloadable content. This is a video game. Choose your character. Wait a second. Hi, I'm Tyler. And I'm Andy. And this is Almost Modern Modern Life. Life, A video game podcast. Yeah. It's not. Uh, But it is. It's not. But as I was saying before, I so rudely interrupted myself uh, with things that I had to do. It has great downloadable content that are legit just same gameplay, different stories. Mm. Like they have one that's like the Eastern gods rather than Roman and Greek that it's in. Um, and they have another one of um, like other gods, Poseidon and whatnot of it. So yeah. I got to play to, a, uh, there was a, a challenge that let me preview the DLC a little bit and play with all of the powers. Yeah. Interesting. You're going to show me how to do that because like, I want to play that. 
I just yeah. want to see what they are. Like, I'm very, very involved in where I am. Um, you're, you're being says, very thrifty with your coins at this point. I am. I am. I, that has actually been my week of getting things done, refinancing credit cards for a lower APR. Oh, wow. Direct payment so I don't have to worry about it. Tell um, me more about that. Credit cards. Uh, I mean, I, uh, well... Well, I wouldn't know anything, but I refinance it the way that I could refinance at all. Well, you can trans, you can like get a new credit card and transfer the balance. Yeah, so I can't do that because your boy has not credit history because of stupid youngness. So, but I was able to get a pretty decent rate on a personal loan, and I've taken that personal loan and paid off my credit cards, and one that had the biggest interest. Like I was like. Like literally when I saw, like I actually sat the other day and like saw like the interest and everything that was charged me. I was like, why would I ever use this card? And so I was like, pay it off, call it done. And now I pay $79 a month, which is less than what I was going to pay for paying all of them for the minimum payments. So, and then I already have my extra check plan. It's going to pay off a decent amount of that personal loan. So boost my credit score. I got another credit card that I'm not going to use. So basically, I just tried to reduce the active credit that is in debt. Right. Reduce by, your usage exactly. by increasing your line of credit. I'm an when we were growing up and there would be episodes of shows where like a parent would give a credit card to a kid and they'd say, now this is for emergencies. Uh huh. And then the kid would go and like max out the credit card shopping. Yes. Was that also, you? Like, Did you do yes. that? Except I, it was you to yourself. You handed yourself a credit card and you said, "This is for emergencies." And you said, "Bet." <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the thing I was thinking about. Is I have a very, uh, I have a big problem with myself. I tell myself I'm not going to do something, and then before I know it, it's been done. Yeah, you know, buying a bag of candy. Girl, don't do it. I'm not gonna do it. I was just thinking about it. I did it. I did have a weak moment over the weekend and bought good and plenty, mostly because of the day that I skipped my meds. So I was feeling yeah. like shit. I basically felt like I was like this of a period. And I was like, I'm just gonna have a day. I can have whatever I want. I'm not gonna worry about it. I'm not gonna yeah. go to spin. I'm just gonna have a a swamp day. A day to let your medicine soak back into your system. Exactly. Exactly. Just really. Uh, oh, I'm actually. So I just ordered creatine powder. Love that. Woohoo. Go mm-hmm. me. Uh, yeah. Fitness journey. But uh, apparently people do something. They do this thing called like a loading period. I've tried. I've that. done that. I've been down that route. And at a certain point, you're like, I don't. How much more of this can I have in a day? Because it's like three servings and you're like what do i put this in water no 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 what do you mean no it's so gritty you're actually supposed to put it in some kind of juice so i usually mix it into my smoothies because i figure whatever it needs to combine where but yeah you have to load it up okay yeah i I mean i drink two protein shakes a day it can go in one of those put it in there it's it's definitely gonna taste a little sand for a little bit, but nah. you get used to it. That's nah, fine. I trust the company that I'm buying my creatine mm-hmm. from. Also, I would recommend um, Macaroot. I think that is the biggest thing that I discovered 
over quarantine has kind of earthy taste to it. Um, yeah. But it's great for, you know, just keeping like a long-term energy type thing, like a slow burn, like type situation, if that makes yeah. sense. You feel, you feel you've had a lot of energy over quarantine? Um, when I was taking my maca root, I have, and I've run out, and I haven't been to Whole Foods to get it yet. I see, I see, I see. But uh, were it, were it times does. that you were taking your maca root, uh, like coinciding with times that you were like taking new medicines? And no, <laughs> I actually only did it when I was uh, on something for a while. So literally, is the only That's thing good. that I changed. Um, has other great benefits I mean, for men and not, but. I will say, you know, and this is a good thing for you, honestly. Uh, I feel like you are very susceptible to the placebo effect. Mm -hmm. I'm not so much. <laughs> I just don't think like, you're willing to try things. No, I, I, I do things and then I'm like, maybe it's just not enough of an awareness of my you know, I don't, maybe I don't check in with myself enough mm -hmm. to know how I normally feel versus like how I feel now. Like, I don't know. I've been, I bought this bottle of vitamin D. I don't know if it does anything. For what I have to take for my meds, I need a good vitamin D level, like chemistry. Does it make me feel any different? No. Would getting vitamin D from going outside make me feel better? Absolutely. As far as like taking vitamin D, I just take it because I'm told to take it because <laughs> I need to, but are you gonna feel anything different? No. Yeah, so I don't know. And you get outside enough. I don't know why you're taking vitamin D. I spend all, all weekend indoors. I know, but you have so much more color than I do. <laughs> uh, I thought about, kiss. I just, I'm, yeah, but I wanna be more tan. I'm spray tan. Spray tan, mm. Did I tell you about my spray tan experience? No. When I was um, dating that uh, older man back when I was 18, uh, where I don't know why we got it. Like, where were we going that we needed a spray tan? Um, I, I guess he got gifted it, me and him. And uh. so I went and did it. It was very uh, hor a horrifying experience um, <laughs> in the little booth. And everything came out fine, except for the fact that he wore a white shirt there and back. So that got ruined. Great. Um, and then later on somewhere, there's a picture. I think I have it. I don't know. Of the me post tan in these purple underwear where I, my body. A literal looks, Oompa Loompa. Yeah. My body looks the same color as my hair. Huh. I mean, first of all, we need to do a better job of like making it a natural color. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's like henna where you apply yeah. it and then it takes like probably overnight to like really reach its full yeah. darkness. And then you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, exactly. So when you leave the booth, you're like, ooh, just a little color. And then like the next yeah. day, you're the, the color of a carrot. I looked like yeah. a carrot. Good top. I just think if you do it, you need someone that's like the professional that is not just Gene that you walk in with your hands up and you go and it sprays you and they're like, turn around. And you're like, Phew. like, what is that episode of Friends where Ross gets yeah. it? 
Right. It literally is just like that. Like, yeah, 100%. What happened to Ross is quite a true experience, I would imagine, for a lot of people, actually. Yeah. Um, the, the realest thing I've ever seen in Friends. Let's just mm -hmm. say that. I mean, it better than I had someone tell me recently that they got a yeast infection from a tanning beds. How does that happen? I have no idea. How does that happen? I don't know. A booty hole yeast infection. A soggy bottom. A soggy bottom. A soggy bottom. Goodness. And I mean, I don't understand the female anatomy, but it sounds like it would have to have come from a nutty, a nutty, a nutty, booty. a nutty vagina, a nice nutty. Mm, um, yes, another, this one has a nice nutty flavor. A nice nutty flavor, but another yeast infection. It would have to be booty to booty. Where oh, is that? Where is that TV show? Give me that booty. Show me the booty. Give me the booty. I want the booty to booty. Why not vagina to booty? I don't know. I just, I feel like vagina's a little too high for that to happen. Like, Maybe. I don't feel like the vagina's sitting on the tanning bed. Tyler, floor. I don't think we're experts on where the vagina I is. Don't, I don't either. I don't either. <laughs> I, I would mean, imagine that it would be more of a girl laying on her front than guy laying on his back sort of oh, situation. Oh, true. Very true. I don't know if they I don't know if it's per the way in which Would you, you want to do that bed? in a tanning bed though? It just like Press your tits flat on the grass, on the on the on the glass. Yeah, it's like um, it's like when you Xerox your tits. You know, you the glass and the light goes. Um, love that. Also, speaking of booty to booty, I had an idea for a TV show Called that the title. No, the title of the TV show is celebrities with similar names and they would just go back and forth taking turns interviewing each other in two very different worlds that I think wow. would be great. Mm -hmm. A very limited uh, number of guests that you could have, but you can make it work. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, Bruce Willis and Bruce Springsteen, Bruce to Bruce. This would be a good, um, I actually just watched uh, one of those magazine word association song games today. Yeah. I feel like that's very much their exactly. vibe. Exactly. Exactly. I own it. Yeah. So you have to reach out to us. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> that's how it works. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, we're going to take a minute to count the things that we own, and we'll be right back one, with our very special two, guest coming out, Darrow. Welcome back. We are joined with a very special guest, Seth Familia from Coming Out Tarot. Welcome, Seth. Thank you. I'm excited to get a chance to talk to you guys. Awesome. We're super excited to have you here. Um, so the first thing I kind of want to have you talk a little bit about yourself and what you do. And um, I actually had a chance to, um, with... Um, our a previous guest that we've had on here, Brian, with the Mindfulness Collective that he does as well, um, you had done kind of a, a let's talk about tarot and a few readings and, and whatnot. So you did one of my readings there, which was really cool. Um, but um, one thing that I did like kind of too um, is that you talked about using this with 
kind of your own, not necessarily own self-help, but as a companion to, um, you know, therapy or coaching or other things, right? It's not, this is not the end all be all and your paths change, right? Yes, 100%. I, I get asked that question a lot, actually. And some people even love to tell me, this is such a great replacement for therapy. I'm like, no, uh-huh. this <laughs> should never, ever replace your time with your therapist that is important, sacred, and is its own experience. Mm-hmm. But tarot has the opportunity to inform or be a companion to that kind of work. It, it can bring up all kinds of things that you might want to sit down and talk to your therapist about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So in that same kind of vein too, um, when consulting tarot decks um, or doing readings for clients, not anything specific, what is the deck used for? Basically, what, what are you trying to accomplish by talking to someone who reads tarot or, um, or what kind of answers are you trying to find, right? Um, cause I believe you had said something that it's not so much of like, this is like a fortune teller future thing, but more of a, 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 a story. If I remember correctly, I could be saying that very wrong. Yeah. There's, there's so many bits and pieces and it all, it all comes down to the style of the reader that you're working with and what works best for you. Cause there are certainly some readers who do have a predictive style and, and they'll talk to you about based on the path you're on ellipsis this may be coming down the road. And that that even comes out in some of mine sometimes. But uh, my favorite way to work is with where you are today. So Mm -hmm. a lot of people will come to a tarot reader or and to me when they're at a point where they've exhausted all the other possibilities. Mm -hmm. They've Mm -hmm. they've got a question they're trying to resolve. Uh, For example, the, the one I hear most often is, will he come back? Which is also one of my most dreaded questions mm-hmm. because it's oh, so wow. disempowering. Mm-hmm. Um, it, <sighs> it, it, it gives that dude all your strength and power instead of reflecting on yourself and your own uh, possibility and, mm-hmm. and your own um, uh, amazingness. So, so when that kind of question comes, usually someone's exhausted all the other stuff. They've thought about the way it should work. They've talked to all their friends. Maybe they did bring it up in therapy. And now they're at a point where they're like, I don't know what to do next. And so mm-hmm. coming to a tarot reader can help you examine all the possibilities and choices that have either existed up until now or could potentially exist in the next three, six, nine months, say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So almost like um, kind of seeing through a roadblock and like what's what could be beyond path A, path B and path C type yeah. situation. Yeah, one of my favorite ways to work with that is um, when someone's got a choice, like uh, the path A or path B is to look at what the outcome of path A and path B might be. And then mm-hmm. based on where you are today and what those outcomes kind of are visualized now with tarot. Mm-hmm. Now you can make your most informed choice yeah. with all of the stuff you've, you've researched mm-hmm. or explored up until now, plus this esoteric thing that said, here's some other stuff to think about and now go forth and do what you think is best. Yeah. Uh, another question I had too, cause I, it comes up a lot too. Um, and Brie, um, one of our really good friends uh, who was on the pod previously for our uh 
the last version of metaphysical episode that we did um, very at the beginning, almost, I think. Um, but she reads angel tarot. And I know there are mm-hmm. different forms of tarot decks. Um, and I'll be honest, I don't really understand what the difference is between all of them. Um, I mean, of course, I know the standard traditional, you know, tarot with the major and minor arcana, et cetera. But um, I've also seen people, um, I think you had used one too, and we had gone to the Dallas Psychic Festival at one point, and he had um, a deck where he would change out the lovers based on who who it was, right? <clears throat> so is there any real difference when it comes to the decks that you're using, or is it really more on the intuition of the interpretation? Yes and yes. Okay. Uh, so many readers will use the deck that speaks to them. The artwork mm-hmm. will speak to them and it, it uh, jumpstarts or triggers their intuition in a way that allows them to read best for the person who's sitting across from them. Mm-hmm. Other readers love to use decks that reflect the person who's sitting across from them. Mm-hmm. So it, it's kind of up to the person who's doing the tarot reading. I love to have uh, an array of decks um, sometimes because someone sitting across from me might feel more comfortable if I'm using a deck that reflects their experience and view of the world. I went to a, uh, a comedy festival one time and <laughs> there was a, a comedian that did a live comedy slash tarot reading session. And she brought a deck that she had made herself where uh, everything was penis themed. I love that. So, you know, I mean, just like whatever is like good, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that's what it. she was feeling for herself. <laughs> I, I I love it. It's it's the angel concept too. You, know, you mm-hmm. can so she created a penis themed deck. Why not? I mean, if it if it speaks to you, if it's fun for the moment, tarot should be fun. It doesn't have to be this like dreaded, horrible thing, or it doesn't always have to be something that is um, thought of as this, this, uh, go pay a few bucks and hang out to see what the psychics is about you mm-hmm. at a fair thing. Let's have tarot decks that are, have penises all over them. What, when I, I think I showed you Tyler, one of the cards that came up for somebody's reading, it was the ace of wands. And in the deck I had, it was very clearly a large wooden phallus. Yeah. <laughs> yes. There, yeah. That's there what it was. was one... All the wands were penises. Yeah. <laughs> There's one that you had used that he had like a little bag over his shoulder. And I was like, is that testicles? It looks like testicles. They were testicles, totally yep. testicles. <laughs> I love it. Um, so one of the things too that you brought up um, while, you know, I don't want to stray too far away from tarot because um, I had told you, I don't know if you remember about like me having the deja vu and not having the deja vu, it feels like I'm not on the right path, but when I have it, it feels like I am. Um, but you had brought up something called human design. Uh, human design in itself is an amalgamation of so many different types of divination and, um, and uh, physical experiences. Like it's got the, and, and cultural experiences. It's got the I Ching, it's got um, uh, astrology, it's got quantum physics in it. They come together, and so we've got mm-hmm. we've got this um, pattern that exists in human design that kind of shows you the body and the centers of the body uh, that are similar 
to chakra, and then all of these channels between those points that are connected by I Ching. I think those areas that might be activated, those channels that are activated, I think that's an interesting place to throw in a tarot card and maybe dig a little deeper mm-hmm. um, um, or go surface with it. I, I think there's a lot of opportunity to, to connect those two disciplines. I love that. Everything, since you kind of said that, I did look a little bit into it. Um, and the most that I could understand, I think, is, is kind of what it is like this person is blank, blank, and blank. And I was like, literally, I am every single one to the max. Like, not even like, these are just like, oh, that is a somewhat piece of my personality trait. I was like, no, these are all extremely who I am um, at my core, which was like, Ugh. Yeah, it was a- <laughs> not the best things, but. <laughs> it's a Ugh. little descriptive. And I think for mm-hmm. any, any skeptic, it can sound prescriptive. But I'm, I'm loving digging into it and adding that to my arsenal of things. How did you find your profile? Oh, so I did some Googling profile. and there was something where like you could put in all of your information. Um, and I don't remember his name, unfortunately. So his his whole uh, uh, estate, I guess, still runs it. And so it was like an online tool that you could go through. And then it basically gave you a chart and like an account so like you can keep it. Um, which is kind of nice. I don't quite understand, but when I do find someone who understands it, I'm ready to show it to them and and dive <laughs> in. Right? I'd love to see it. I'm I'm collecting them yeah. so I can start to compare. Yeah. What I've learned about me and and other people I know. So if you feel like sharing it, send it my way. I'd love to see it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm certainly not a totem expert. Huh? Um, totem, the totem event, I was going through my own process of scrying. So uh, I'm going to deconflate these two things. Mm-hmm. So totems are a very specific thing. They can often be thought of, depending on who's coming up with the totems, as a culturally appropriate, uh, appropriative experience. Um, the story that I was sharing was I was doing a reading for someone and as I was reading in cards that had no imagery of turtles I kept seeing turtles and I finally I couldn't ignore it anymore I turned to the person I was reading for and said I keep seeing all these turtles I don't know why they're here there's turtles everywhere and she pulled her necklace around and it was a turtle and she said this is my totem animal mm-hmm. and uh and then we could go deeper into why the turtles were there and what that meant to all the other information that i had been sharing right. with her uh, so it was actually through a process of scrying that the turtle kept coming up and that's the that's the thing where i feel like people might think i'm the it's i see things that other people don't see or wouldn't see mm-hmm. and it's it's not like in your mind's eye I'll be looking at an image, uh, say like a Jackson Pollock painting. You're looking mm-hmm. at a Jackson Pollock painting and suddenly I'll see something like a turtle in it. Mm-hmm. And I will share that with the person who's sitting across from me. And then we have a further conversation about what that turtle means. Sometimes they have no idea what I'm talking about. And the symbol is actually for me. Mm-hmm. And I need mm-hmm. to know what that in means. this case, what the turtle means. Yeah. Gotcha. It almost Much sounds different- like- than uh, my understanding of scrying, which comes from TV show Charmed, mm-hmm. which is just them rolling a crystal above a map until it points at a place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it shows them what they're looking for. 
I like turtles. I mean, Les is a big flaming homosexual, and we all <laughs> were obsessed with Charmed, and we all got our own little version of a little scrying tool and just took a map and sprouted and hoped something pointed at it. But it really does not sound like that is what scrying is. No, and uh, I would add, if anybody's seen Pen15, it's that similar. <laughs> mm. We all have had those moments where we went out and yep. tried to be witches for a minute and no, thought we I, were, I'm you still know. trying to. Yeah. <laughs> actively still actively, good. trying to levitate things across the room i haven't been doing it i've been trying since i was probably not one day it's gonna work it's and gonna happen one day you, you can do scrying in many different ways it's because it's it's seeing something where most people wouldn't see something mm-hmm. um crystal balls are often used i don't have my near me right now it's behind me uh, the crystal, it's got flaws in it. If you just stare at it long enough, the, the flaws and imperfections will start to take the shape of something. And my brain and eyes, uh, similarly with tarot, which is why I love to use tarot cards that aren't as prescribed as like a Rider-Waite-Smith deck, for example, which is what most people would see in the movies. So with... Um... With that, actually, we are going to take a little break. Um, And when we come back, we have more questions from our listeners. Um, So, of course, it's time for Pod Q&A. Welcome back. We are back for everyone's favorite segment, at least everyone's favorite segment, Pod Q&A. Um, so we have some questions from our listeners, uh, and Andy, I'm going to let you kick them off for us. Okay. The first question, I'm going to start off with the most specific question I feel, mm-hmm. which, uh, this listener asks, I need to know what the pillars represent. Ah, uh, so I looked up the high priestess card so I could know what I was talking about. So what do you see on the High Priestess card? So all of the examples I'm seeing, there's a woman sitting between two pillars. One of them is black and one of them is white. And the black one has a B on it and the white one has a J on it. And I just realized as I said that, that that's BJ. BJ. (laughs) (laughs) So I think I know what they represent. (laughs) Phallic symbol. (laughs) It's yeah, it's one gigantic glory hole. That's exactly yeah. <laughs> what's going yeah. on with the high priestess. Um, and you never know, actually, we it, that could be a fabulous interpretation for the high priestess. Uh, they they actually represent uh, the J is and uh, I, I believe I have these right. It's been a while since I've looked these up. Um, Joachim and Boaz. I'm probably getting J wrong. Oh. Letter B, not physical. Yeah. Yes. That makes more sense to me. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, bees and blowjobs and bees and glory holes. This is a scary place in Texas. I don't. I'm I'm nervous. Bees. Uh, So so there are these two uh, entities, and they just they represent balance and um, one side or the other. Um, Think about it like yeah, Boaz uh, and Yakim. Yeah. 
Okay, good. I had I had it almost right. I said Joaquin, but it was is it is that what I said? Yeah. Yeah. It, depending on who you ask, it's either J A K I M or J A C H I N. Yeah. Which N and M, but you know. Yeah, and so there there are these two figures that uh, if you dig into their their religious figures and and uh, have their own history behind them that can add to your interpretation. And that's, that's actually one of the challenges with the tarot, just as a little side note, is that in the Rider-Waite-Smith, which is the image that you're describing, because it's not in every tarot deck, mm-hmm. um, in that image uh, and in that deck, there's a lot of Christian symbology. So for all the religious persecution that the tarot gets, it's actually full of all of this religious symbology. And it, it um, I think, in some ways honors it and supports the colonialism and uh, supremacy of what a dominant white culture said this is what the tarot should be and so there's there's all this other stuff going on behind that that we're finally starting to talk about as a community today so got a little little so yeah. there it's me. almost it's almost more of an argument to like if you're gonna do tarot you should really just find a deck that speaks to you um because you know while you know the numbers and the names have meaning. The deeper meaning is really kind of what you're getting from looking at the card. Yeah, yeah. And and I would still even challenge, the Rider weight is the one that has been a standard for so long that it's what most people know. And because tarot is going through such a transformation within the, the community and the creators that are making it today, I would challenge know what came before you so that you can break all the rules and start mm-hmm. to do that decolonization work. As with everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got to know the basics before you can dismantle the system. Yep. Right. <laughs> so we have some questions from uh, someone named Preston Light, who um, is a future guest on our pod here and hosts the podcast, The Broken Lighthouse. So I will give him that shout out. Um, but his first one he has is, how would you suggest using tarot as a guide to life? I feel like that's somewhat broad, but a legitimate question. I will share uh, how I've used it because it's not the same as what we may hear often. So um, the the quick and will we here use it as a mirror to reflect themselves and then continue to grow based on what they're seeing of themselves in the tarot. For me, that wasn't happening. It didn't work that way. And uh, what I discovered is through the practice of tarot, especially when I read for someone else, their experience is what is reflected back for me, where I can then look at my own life and see how I might be able to either learn from or come sometimes compare, sometimes um, see the challenges that somebody else has had so that I can hopefully not make the same mistake. Yeah. I mean, and that's not uncommon in anybody's life that you, like, you look at other people, you observe and you learn, you know? I think where I'm fortunate is that I'm hearing intimate detail. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) that, That it becomes, especially in that conversation, it becomes so specific that it's it's an honor to learn from someone's um, experiences. Yeah. Uh, the next question I have here is, what was your first experience with tarot? Oh. Take it back to the beginning. So I, 
I have like a two pronged answer to this because mm-hmm. I received my first tarot deck when I was 10 and I didn't know I'd seen it in some movie, but I didn't know what to do with it. I was reading the little white book that came with it. I was terrible. I, I, I didn't know how to take what was in the book and what was in the cards and put that all together into something that was useful for, for the person across from me. Mm-hmm. And then um, at practicing, 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 years go by. I'm in college, as we all happen to be when crazy things happen to us and we have new experiences. <laughs> And uh, I'm sitting across, my boyfriend at the time took me to this party and he says, you have to meet this, this woman introduces me to this lady who comes in. Now it's the nineties. She's in (laughs) incredible, um, heavy Doc Martens, these mom jeans that are cuffed at the ankle and uh, a white tank top. And she has naturally uh, curly black hair that flows beyond her shoulders Mm -hmm. and she she, and this beautiful caramel skin and she walks in and she's got a cigarette it's a clove cigarette she takes (laughs) this long drag on it and she's like do you want a tarot reading (laughs) yes (laughs) let's go (laughs) and then she proceeded to like tell me everything about my life and and then for me left me hanging which is part of how i've learned some of my style for the future but uh, when i say left me hanging she gave me all this great information but didn't tell me what to do with it and so i didn't know mm. i was like okay now what mm-hmm. so my first experience with tarot as someone getting a reading was incredible but left me wondering what was next yeah i love that wow. that's i i i one of the times I got a tarot reading was when we were in New York for World Pride. Um, and I was, it was a big long day of drinking and I was walking home alone, which, you know, give or take, I feel fine doing that in New York. I'm whatever. Um, but there's just like a woman that was like doing tarot readings on the side, on the sidewalk right outside of a gay bar. And I like walked by and I was like, mm, no, nah, I'm going to go back and do this. And I was like, this is amazing. Everything she did, I was like, and you know, a little drunk, so who knows? But everything she did, I was like, this absolutely, like this is the moment. So I always, I always am a big believer in in things like that. Like you finding that woman happen when they're supposed to happen, right? And so you have to like see the signs and yeah. and dive into it. Right. I agree. Yeah. And it, it set me on the path to adding to my style that I didn't want to leave anybody else hanging. Mm-hmm. So at the end, or, and even during my readings, the, the experiences sharing a conversation about what's next. Now that you have this, what are you going to do? Or here's what your next step might be. Take it or leave it based on what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's a question off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Being a little bit drunk for a tarot reading <laughs> opens you up more or confuses the signals <laughs> great question um I, <laughs> I have so many different examples of this so um from a tarot <laughs> reader perspective i don't like to be inebriated when i'm reading for people though i know some people who do sure yeah <laughs> uh, and sometimes when you're with your friends it can be a little bit of fun because you never know what's going to come out of your mouth um <laughs> like turning the high priestess into a glory hole yeah. <laughs> uh, not that we've been drinking or anything. Lies. Oh, lies! But the, um, the other thing is I've had a lot of people sit for me at events like uh, a party or a fair. And uh, as the night goes on, 
the booze mm-hmm. has been flowing. And what ends up happening more often than not is at the end of the night, people are usually somewhat unintelligible and crying. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing I can do for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> About an hour or two before that, they're they're ready to hear that, you know, they're 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 ready. Mm-hmm. They they turned around to come back to the terror reader outside the gay bar and they're like, yeah. yes, I'm ready for it, but mm-hmm. I'm probably not gonna remember it the next day, like everything. Yeah might remember the experience and then about an hour or so before that that's when the couples show up who've had just enough liquid courage to sit together in front of me even though i asked them do you want to be here for this or do you want me to read you separately (laughs) and they always say no we're we're great (laughs) and sometimes it is and sometimes it's challenging uh-huh. And you're like, I, I do not take any responsibility for what comes after this. <laughs> right. I, I gave you an opportunity to get out mm-hmm. and to not be exposed to what I'm about to tell him or her. <laughs> right. What's going on in your relationship. So here's another one too, I think is really good. How do you prepare to give a reading? Ooh, um, that's changed for me over the years. Uh, I used to be pretty OCD about it. And uh, I still have my own ritual. And by OCD, I, I, I mean, I did certain things three times, always in the same order. Uh, it, it was very specific. And I liken that a lot to someone who's, who's going through acting school and you start to learn what it means to get ready to like learn your character or how you're prepared when you're preparing when you're in the wings before you go on, um, whatever your process might be. So it's a similar type of thing. And I, I've done it for so long that it's it's morphed. And depending on the, um, I wanna say the, you know, the where I might be, the room I might be in, sometimes I have no privacy to prepare myself and sometimes I do. And if I do, I take a little extra time. If I don't, I've got tricks that I've trained myself kind of like Pavlov's dog. I've got um, scents that I'll use and give myself a moment to like breathe and focus, but the scent will be like a trigger for me to, to get into the right headspace to focus. Interesting. I, I, I love good therapy. There's things that I keep just because they smell good or have a, a uh, physical res- or mental response to. So I've had a candle that I've had for 10 years that I just refuse to burn because I don't want to lose it. <laughs> I swore this was going to go down a jockstrap story. <laughs> uh, uh, our next that too. Question. A nice, a nice little, you know, jar of poppers will get you, to, get you where you need to be. That. Oh, mm-hmm. well, that's true. Now there's a, a scent. There's a scent. Memory, I guess. <laughs> Your body knows how to react. Mm-hmm. Uh, our next question. Uh, so in making your own deck, did you incorporate uh, a lot of tarot archetypes into your designs? So I've never actually made my own deck. I've, oh, I've okay. talked about it. Uh, I've talked about making a Norman deck, which is a totally different style of divination, uh, but is similar. It uses cards, it uses imagery, but it's not the same kind of style that I would use with tarot. And what I what I want to do is kind of take that set of rules and break it and find a way to make it gay. And I I'm working on it. It's a project I've put to the side for right now. Mm-hmm. But um, 
it's it's something that's not only helped me learn Lenormand a little bit better, but it's also helped me like expand my creativity and how I can work with divination systems. So there's more to come there, maybe. <laughs> I love that. Great. And I mean, that's the hardest thing too, is like, if you're making your own deck, like I'm not happy enough in my own artistic ability to like, look at this and not be like, God, I just could have done this better. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's my problem. <laughs> I, You know what? I would love to, if I was to make my own, th there's a lot of, um, tarot tarot elders who have said just draw just do it and then you have something that is from you of you speaks to you mm. all the things and uh, while i love that school of thought i would prefer to work with an artist that speaks to me where we can have a collaborative experience yeah and create something new together yeah uh, so i've explored that a few times but it, it hasn't really panned out yet Oh, oh, it's me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I read the last um, one, but you know, I can go. Uh, so uh, <laughs> another, uh, this one I have says, um, what's a reading that really spoke truth into your life? So uh, this one always makes me, it makes me cry. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's already like, it, it gets me every time. I was at an event that uh, a friend of a friend asked me to do over um, over the holidays a few years ago. It was between Thanksgiving and Christmas. And the event was uh, open to anyone who identified as trans. Mm -hmm. The goal being to give a space of love, warmth, caring in between these two potentially extremely toxic holidays. Mm -hmm. where you're you know, dead named and, and all your identity is taken away from you. And um, it, it was an incredible event. It was about wellness and, and fun and, um, and chosen family. So there was a Reiki master there. I was there as a tarot reader. There were people there doing hair. You could get some glamour shots done. There was food. There was music. Uh, there was arts and crafts. It was just, it was a great place. It, it, the whole vibe was cool. And um, this young woman walked up to me and asked me if her relationship with one of her family member, her closest family member would ever be healed. Mm -hmm. And the result of it was not the result she was hoping for. Mm -hmm. And the gratitude that existed for confirmation in what she already knew in her heart mm -hmm. um, was overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And it is, I mean, this was literally over two years ago. Um, and the, the experience of being able to share that conversation with her, I'll never, I'll never lose because it, it took so much honesty and trust and availability to even get to the point where she could talk to me about that, mm -hmm. that, I, I hope that everybody can have a moment that is that vulnerable and that life-changing. Mm -hmm. And that, I mean, and in a way, I, I can't relate to that exact experience because no one can relate to someone else's experience, right? But I know what that line of thought is where you already know that it's not going to happen. And it it honestly is a huge relief to basically get that validation. So I think that's always, it, it's you know. like, 
important. I mean, anytime you have a, it's like when you have an illness and you finally get that dosis, mm-hmm. you know, even though it's not good news, you finally know. Yeah. And now you can move forward. Yeah. You get a name. Yeah. It, there's somewhere something where like, Naming it has power. I don't remember where it is. I, I seem to remember that. It could be from Charmed, honestly. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, oh, Harry. He, uh, Colin says Harry Potter. But it's it's quite real. It's go. naming it, it. Naming it has power, and it gives you power over something. So it's something very similar to that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, I want to uh, first and foremost thank you for being on today and going through all of our questions. Um, I, 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 I know I had a lot for you, but like I said, I was excited. So, um, I also want to let you, um, uh, let everyone know your, your Instagram handles or anything like that, that you'd like them to know, um, websites or, or whatnot. Thank you. This, uh, this was a lot of fun. I really appreciate being here uh, <laughs> and the questions were fabulous. I, I enjoyed them. So <laughs> Thank you for sharing all of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody can find me at anything coming out tarot. The website's comingouttarot.com and all of my social media is coming out tarot. And uh, I am most active on Instagram. That's the place where you can find me most. Yeah. Same with us, of course. Um, and if you want, you can find me at Homo's Modern Life. And you can find me at Andy from Boy Story. And again, Seth. Thank you so much. Um, I'm excited for people to get to hear this episode. Um, and in the meantime, if you have any other tarot questions, you know where to find them at Coming Out Tarot. All right. Have a great evening, everybody. Thank you. Woo. This has been a Homeless Modern Life production. Thanks for listening. If you want more, check out our sister show, HML Political Hookup, at HML Political Hookup on Instagram. If you want to see what we're up to, you can visit our website, homosmodernlife.com. And if you want to get in touch, you can reach out to us at homosmodernlife at gmail.com. And don't forget, you can cover your body with our merch at HML Shop on Instagram. If you're feeling generous, you can send us a cash tip on Venmo at homosmodernlife. Or send us a cash tip on Cash App, dollar sign homosmodernlife. Fare thee well. I like turtles. Bees?